Welcome to the Hard Fat Truth. This is a podcast about weight loss and building a community around weight loss. Whether you want to lose weight or whether you've already lost weight and want to help others, we're going to take this journey together and this project together. I'm the host of the show, Chris Bell. Let's get the show started. Welcome to episode eight. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, of course, I'm always excited about every episode as we get a new one out. Why I'm excited about this one, just a couple of uh, announcements we'll get out there. The first announcement is we've created a Facebook group. So I had the Facebook page. That worked well for me. Uh, it allowed me to schedule some stuff and put some things out. A couple of people reached out to me as I'm trying to grow it and look for more interaction from everybody else on it. And what I found out was that with the Facebook page, if people made a comment on it, it became something that became posted in their feed so everybody could see it. And maybe not everybody wants to share their journey publicly. So what we've done is we've created a closed group. So I realize that I am willing to be vulnerable and open about weight loss. And I am willing to be vulnerable and open about my weight loss that I've had over time. But not everybody is. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It can be a private journey. So what we've got is we've got a closed group. So a bunch of us that are like-minded and have either successfully taken some weight off or we have successfully taken weight off or we're at the beginning stages, we're in the middle, but we're all sharing a same type of life or a same type of story are in that closed group. So now when you interact in the closed group, it's only going to be seen within the people in that group. So um, I had a couple of people that stepped up immediately. You know, Sean from out west uh, posted his profile pictures um, and struggled with weight. So being larger and then back down to being too skinny even and learning what a healthy balance and a healthy weight was. So he shared that story on the group page today. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate that. That's exactly the type of interaction I want to see come out of this and show people that we all have our own struggles um, and, and they're hard and they're not easy. That's why this is the hard truth. The hard truth about being fat and the hard truth about our struggles. So that's the whole idea of this group. We'll be on the group page interaction. We'll leave the other page up and running for a little bit. There's a link on it to put people over um, and join. Add some people to the group. If you know people that can benefit from it, tell them about the group. Add them to the group. Uh, right now, the way it's set up is that any member of the group can add somebody to the group. If we get big, we'll create some administrators and moderators and, and then control it so that we're not getting you know a bunch of spam and crap that can come in when you get larger groups that I've run before. So that's the first announcement. The second announcement, we got approved for iTunes. I'm pretty ecstatic about this because I was looking at hosting and there's other ways to go around it and a paid site. Um, and we've been audited by iTunes with the Anchor app and they've audited the first four podcasts and released them out. Um, they had a blip on one. We got through that and fixed that. So we're on iTunes now, which is, I think, pretty important because a lot of people run the iPhone or they look to iTunes for podcasts. I love this Anchor app. It's amazing. Um, and it's made it really easy for me to do, but the iTunes is, seems to be where everybody listens to. So do us a big favor. The big part about iTunes is having reviews and likes. So go over there, give it a like, give it a quick review. I know you all want to give it five stars. Now, who am I kidding? Um, you know, I don't care if it's two, three stars. Give me your honest opinion. That's what this is. This is a truthful thing. Whether, But the big part is some interaction and the reviews. That's the key to keeping it on iTunes. They, they require something. If nobody interacts with it, then we're going to lose that opportunity to be on iTunes unless I go to a paid hosting page that then they don't care because they're making money off of it. This is all not for making money for as far as I'm concerned. This is all about us growing a community together and helping each other. 
I might run the podcast and put it out there, but it's my job to bring everybody else in on podcast and grow this whole community and create our interactions with each other. Uh, this is this is our journey, right? I'm, I'm, this is a project to build a community. This is not my project for me to benefit me. Um, this is for this to benefit everybody. So give it a like and go over. So I want to get in today to five types of hunger. We'll go over this pretty quick. Uh, I don't want to get too technical, but I want to talk about the five types of hunger so that we can be mindful about it and think about hunger as it comes on. So I want to talk about the first real hunger, and that's a physical hunger. So this is the type of hunger that comes on to you when you first wake up in the morning. So your body has fasted all night, and this is a hunger that comes on gradual. So it slowly builds up, and you slowly get that hunger and that desire for food and water. Uh, this can happen for people who do fasting. Some people, through religious reasons, will fast on weekends, or we they have the fasting for Ramadan um, from sundown to sunup, and what goes on through that. So those type of things will generate a real hunger. And that's a real hunger that your body triggers and wants. And again, it comes on gradual. It's not something we notice right away. Uh, and sometimes we can be thirsty, but our body triggers us to feel like we're hungry. Something to keep in mind. So that is a physical hunger. The second one is emotional hunger. You've heard me talk about this a lot because this is the one I struggle with the most. So that's a hunger that comes on when you're reaching for gratification. That comes on when you're depressed, sad, friggin' stressed at work, which I go through enough. Or when you're looking for comfort and, it, you know, you're looking for something sweet or something salty and it, it gives you that feel-good feeling that you have. These don't actually fulfill your physical hunger. They fulfill your emotional hunger. They fulfill this desire and this need for gratification. It's not because your body actually needs it or wants it. It's because your brain is struggling with something else. So it reaches for something, uh, especially something with sugar in it or the sweet and, like the sweet and salty, right? Because that's going to trigger some releases in our brain that make us feel less stressed, less sad, less depressed, but only momentarily. That's it, just momentarily. And then for me, you know, then I have guilt after because I realize I've just gone and ate emotionally and I didn't get what I needed out of it. What I got out of it was extra calories that I now have to figure out how to deal with later. Um, for a lot of people, they just eat emotionally and they don't worry about the calories after. And that, that's how I got to be 290 pounds. So emotional hunger. The third one is sense hunger. So this comes on from a sense of smell or when you hear something. So think about when you walk into the movie theater and you're getting your tickets out and you're fumbling with your wallet and you hear popcorn being popped in the background. Your brain's already starting to process that. And then you smell the popcorn. Well, now it smells delicious. So that's a sense thing. That comes on when you go past a restaurant and you can smell the restaurant. Or when you go past a market and you can smell fresh fruit. And you want to eat that fresh fruit. When we're at a ball game, you get that sense for the hot dog and a beer. Um, you know, those are sense hungers. Uh, for me, when my wife and I were in Las Vegas walking past some amazing restaurants, I'm surprised I didn't gain 200 pounds from sense hunger because I had sensory freaking overload. I wanted to eat everything everywhere. Um, my stomach wasn't big enough, but I'll tell you, it was tempting. Um, so that hunger comes on and, and it, it makes it feel real and, and it triggers saliva in our mouth and just all kinds of things that get triggered. But that is related directly to your brain and that's sense hunger. So be aware of that and be aware that it's going to make you feel like you're hungry when maybe you're not. Um, the fourth one is mind hunger. 
So this is our brain telling you when to eat. So for you people using MyFitnessPal or tracking your food the way that I track it or scheduling your eating, th there's two things that I found. So this is a great thing. These are a great tool. But what I didn't realize till I dug into this is this can also be a slight hindrance. So for me, I kind of have a boring regimen. There's, the, you know, and the reality is, is if you're eating for yourself for health, you potentially have a boring regimen and it's really monotonous. And I know that at 10 o'clock every day, I'm going to eat eight Triscuits and two light laughing cow cheeses. I alternate between a couple of different snacks, but that's a reality that that is a scheduled time for me to eat because I try to go no longer than four hours without eating something. Uh, and I try to eat smaller amounts of stuff. So that scheduled eating, even if I'm not hungry, can sort of force me to consume some calories when maybe I don't need to. I think scheduled eating through the day, as long as we're keeping the calories down, is not so bad. Where it really comes in is when you're starting to look at that MyFitnessPal or Daily Burn at the end of the day, and we're scheduled to consume 2,200 calories in a day, and you get to the end of the day and you've only eaten 1,800 calories. Well, shit, I got 400 more calories. Bust out the nachos, man. Bust out the cheese, bust out the salsa. That doesn't mean you need to get to the 2,200 calories. And I think sometimes we often can get carried away with that because according to our, our basal rate and what our body consumes and maybe what we're working out and putting in the calories and calorie out, you'll go after that 2,200 calories and hit it every day. So, you know, that works a bit in the beginning. When you're, when you're at an obese size, very large, very overweight, you know, when I was 290 pounds, just by adjusting my calories and hitting, I think it was 23 or 2,400 calories every single day at that time, I lost weight and it worked till a point, then your body adjusts. Our body's an amazing tool. So just keep that in mind, and then I go through some calorie cycling, um, and we can get into that now that I've said it. Probably spend a whole podcast episode on calorie cycling. If you want to hear about it, drop something in the Facebook page, let me know, and I'll dedicate uh, maybe a podcast into calorie cycling and what I do there. But it is logging that food and not telling yourself you have to get up to 2,200. If you're full at 1,800 at the end of the day, grab a glass of water and have a drink and go to bed. If you think you want to eat, wait 10 minutes and think about it again, right? Don't go and eat just because, you know, it's getting close to bedtime and you know you got 400 calories left. Put it down, go to bed. You can eat in the morning. So that's mind hunger. The fifth one is exhaustion. So this comes about from a lack of sleep. And you, we have two hormones in our body that get triggered. So you have a hormone that gets triggered when you're tired that creates hunger. And then you have a hormone that when we're satisfied, it's called leptin. So when you're out of whack for sleep, these two hormones get totally screwed up, right? I don't need to get any more technical than that. That's all you need to know. Lack of sleep creates the two hormones to get out of whack. And all of a sudden we're eating when we don't want to, and we're maybe feeling full when we're not full. Um, you got to watch out. You, you got to get seven to eight hours sleep a day. Um, and this really comes from people that work shift work. I don't know how many of you have dealt with that, but I personally worked shift work in the past and worked midnights, and and I snacked a lot through the midnight shift, right? Your cicada clock gets out, your hormone balance gets out, your body thinks it's hungry, it tells you to eat, but really it's just because you're awake and you're tired. Um, be mindful of that. Be very mindful of that. That's, you know, if you're getting four and five hours sleep a day because you're up doing so much stuff, or you just say you can't sleep, your body's going to trigger you to eat at times when you don't require those calories. That hormone's going to jump up and it's going to say, I need some, I need some food, I think. 
but really what it is is exhaustion. So you have to look at that seven, eight hours of sleep and you have to look at how you identify with that. What do you identify with that exhaustion? What do you identify with that lack of sleep? And where do you trigger yourself to eat within that? So again, five types of hunger are physical, which is real, emotional, which we know is my major issue, sense hunger, well, you know, that can be a bit of an issue, but I'm mostly aware of that. Mind hunger, this was a struggle for me, and I didn't even realize it until I started looking it up and understanding that I was putting more calories in than I needed to some days. And then exhaustion, which when you're shift work or, you know, the last couple of years before I started the podcast, I was working 70 hours a week, and there was no doubt I was grabbing food out of exhaustion, high-calorie food, high-carbohydrate, density, and just plugging stuff into me while being rushed around and being tired and coming home and not wanting to make food. You know, I posted up a picture the other day. It took me less time to make a bowl um, for breakfast with eggs in it and vegetables and whip that up and have it to eat than it did for me to drive to McDonald's, drive to the drive-thru, order my food and get it, which we say is fast food. Man, I'm not a fan of eggs. I'll be honest, I freaking hate them. But I eat quite a bit of them. I scramble them. It's the only way I'll eat them. I throw a ton of vegetables in with them, black beans in them to get the the fiber content up and make me feel full. We won't talk about what else fiber does. I think that's a bit personal. You figured it all out if you aren't giggling right now while I am in my head. So, you know, increase the fiber content, get the vegetables in, and I use some sriracha because hot sauce makes eggs go down. Maybe the rest of you like eggs. Uh, At my wife, she'll eat the... you know, eggs benedict and the hollandaise sauce and dipping. Anyways, it kind of grosses me out. Um, fast food's not necessarily fast food, man. By the time you stand in line, take the few minutes and prep stuff. Prep some food on the weekend and take a look at your hungers and what they really are and whether you should be feeding them. So that's it for today. Um, drop some information. If you guys want to know about calorie cycling, we'll get into that. And, uh, and I can create an episode based around calorie cycling and what I did there. Have a good one.